0: Welcome back. 1061 ESPN, Matt Joseph's here. The scoreboard says the Commanders won. Uh, the statistics may not have necessarily been the greatest, but that's all that matters is they had more points than the opposition, uh, and they now sit uh, still in third place in the division as they get set for the Giants this weekend. Uh, joining us now, you can check out his work and the Washington Post, Scott Allen. Scott, how's it going?
1: doing well Matt how are you thanks for having me
0: no problem Scott do I do you think I encapsulated that right I mean it was a game they won it but yeah. it, at times it felt like you were just holding on for dear life
1: yeah absolutely I think uh coach Rivera put it best in saying it was an ugly road win um and those are obviously hard to come by you can ask the the 49ers and the the Eagles especially against a team with a good defense like the Falcons but yeah, it felt like after they went a 24-10, to 10, the, the end of the game couldn't come soon enough because the offense couldn't do anything, and, and the defense kept bending and bending and bending, but but ultimately didn't break.
0: What do we make of this ground game? Obviously, with Eric Enemy there, they want to throw the ball more. Uh, they want to truly yeah. see what Sam Howell uh, can do, but the ground game is what has been helping them in the past. It struggled once again on Sunday.
1: Yeah, it's disappeared the last few weeks. I think Sunday was a tough matchup. I'm really interested to see what they're able to do against a a Giants team on on Sunday that's been absolutely gashed on the ground. Um, Yeah, nothing really was working offensively on Sunday outside of a few big plays. They they benefited from uh, some short fields, and Brian Robinson made a a bigger impact in the passing game than he did running the ball. Um, But that seems to be their their new identity under uh, the enemy. And, and we'll see if he's, if he changes up the game plan against uh, the Giants this week.
0: What do you think? Do you think it was just situational that Chris Rodriguez got more carries than, than, uh, then Gibson did?
1: I think so. Um, that's, it's a good point. I mean, he, he, he got that first carry and, and took it for a bit. He, I mean, what he wound wind up with three carries for something like 20 yards? He, he had some nice runs. He was, the, the biggest spark on that offense outside of the uh, Brian Robinson catch and run in, in the second half. So I, I, I didn't read too much into that. Um, I think Gibson will still be involved going forward. They've they've shown trust in him despite the, the fumbling issues. And, yeah, I guess it's something to watch going forward.
0: I know every week is a referendum on Sam Howell, so how do you grade Sam uh, for this one?
1: I'd, I'd say a, a solid B. I mean, five sacks against a team – that had five sacks through its first five games is not great. I think a lot of those sacks were were on him, holding the ball too long, and two-on-one drive at the end of the first half. Um, They came in some tough spots, but something he's going to have to continue to work on. Um, I think the biggest key for him, despite taking those five sacks, despite not sustaining drives, um, he didn't turn the ball over again. He's done that three times, three games with no turnovers this year. That's huge. Um, That was part of the big difference. You look at the other second-year quarterback in Sunday's game, and and Desmond Ritter throws three picks. Um, So a a pretty solid performance from Hal, even though the the numbers weren't all that impressive.
0: It feels like also somebody reminded him about his number one wide receiver because 11 targets (laughs) and six receptions. I mean, it feels like at times they almost forget that Terry's on the team.
1: Yeah, and completely agree and i felt that way after the bears game when he had i think four catches for 45 yards he surpassed that in the first half against the falcons it was kind of weird to see i mean McLaurin wound up with 11 targets which was more than the rest of his teammates combined um i think it's great that they're they're trying to feed him but um so much has been made about this dynamic receiving core and I, i know curtis samuel had a a touchdown for a third straight game, but it's the disappearance of Jahan Dotson this year has been has been strange to see. Um, he, he had a, a big drop against the Falcons. His only target should have been a touchdown. Um, but yeah, I, I'm all for involving Terry McLaurin, and, and Sam Howell didn't throw the ball that that many times anyway. Uh, but I'd like to see Dotson get a little bit more involved going forward.
0: And then what do we do more for the defense? Obviously, the defense gave up a ton of yards, and yeah. but they still made the interceptions. They still made the plays when they had to. Do we look at this on the positive side, or are we concerned that this defense still can't seem to get it together?
1: Yeah, I, I think it's a little bit of both because they were so opportunistic in, in getting those three picks, and, and Ritter really helped them out. <laughs> Some of, a couple of those were, were pretty ugly, especially the one in the end zone to the St. Juice. I think... The biggest thing I'm concerned about with the defense is that that the the defensive line hasn't been as disruptive as it was in the past in terms of you know forcing some of those turnovers, getting pressure on the quarterback. Um, so it, 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 they they've kind of made their hay in bending but not breaking this year. The, the three takeaways was was their most this season. Um, but I'd like to see more out of that defensive line in terms of getting pressure on on the QB.
0: Why do you think they didn't make a change during the bye week? Well, I mean, it felt like a bye week during the 10 days off after the Bears game. I mean, obviously, that was a disgusting performance on a Thursday night, and you could have let somebody go and gotten everybody up to speed over that 10 days. Why do you think they kept everybody?
1: In terms of coaching personnel? Yeah, yeah, the coaching staff. Yeah, I think... I mean, Josh Harris, I don't know that he was asked about it again after the Bears game, but he's kind of said that, you know, in this first year, he's going to, you know, take the time to assess how people are doing. And I guess I don't see a change either at the head coaching position or one of the, or more likely the uh, defensive coordinator being switched in season. I mean, maybe if they have another dud this weekend against a a one in five giants team, like they did against the bears, it could happen. Um, But yeah, I think they wanted to see if Ron Rivera, like he's done throughout his time here, could could get his team to bounce back. And he did. I think at some point though, it's been four years. You don't want him to put himself in that position to be able to bounce back. (laughs) You know, don't have that done at the performance that requires a bounce back performance. And, you know, it's, We'll see. They can't afford too many of those if they want to get to the playoffs this year.
0: Yeah, I just feel like if there was anybody, obviously the you know moving Ron Rivera and and letting him go probably would have been a large move that you probably don't want to make. But I felt like yeah. you know Jack Del Rio has kind of been living on borrowed time. You know there was the controversy at one point off the field, and yeah. his defenses have so much talent yet they're not performing like it. I probably, if you were to do anything, would have considered letting Jack go more than anything else.
1: Yeah, no. I think it would have been completely defensible um, with the way that they played against the Bears. I don't know the the thinking into into why they decided to to keep everyone in place, and to some extent, like we've talked about, the defense responded. Four hundred plus yards is a lot of yards to give up to a, to a mediocre offense, but they they made the plays, they made the turnovers that they needed to with their first round defensive draft pick. Uh, Benched for the game, so I guess that's some bit of progress. But uh, yeah, it was an interesting decision. I agree.
0: What do we make of um, of Emmanuel Forbes not playing at all uh, this past Sunday?
1: Yeah, it's. I think that's very concerning in terms of this this front office's ability to uh, identify talent. I mean, coming into this year's draft, their, their track track record wasn't all that great, but. You look around the league at at first round draft picks contributing right away, and in Forbes's case, they they decided he needed. A, I think he and Ron Rivera termed it as a as a reset. Um, he had struggled mightily the last two games. Obviously, DJ Moore completely lit him up on Thursday Night Football. The week before that, AJ Brown turned him around for a, a few touchdowns. Uh, is he is it too early to label him a bust? Yeah, I think so. Um, he could turn out to be a, a, a great player, um, but he's he's obviously got a lot of lot to work on right now. Uh, Danny Johnson came in Sunday against the Falcons and played really well, and I guess I would expect Danny Johnson again to to play for Forbes going forward. Rivera wouldn't comment or wouldn't commit uh, either way to whether Forbes would be on the field Is against there- the Giants. And-
0: yeah. Is there any concern that maybe they may lose him going down the line in terms of mentally if he's continuing the practice, not doing well enough, and not playing in games?
1: Sure, potentially. I think he's gotten a lot of support from his teammates, uh, Mississippi fellow Mississippi State alum Darius Slay, reaching out on, on social media saying, "Hey, you know, I was benched uh, for a couple games my rookie year." He said all the right things so far, um, and when he's spoken to reporters about how he understands, he needs a reset. He's going to keep working, um, but yeah, sure, that's that's definitely a risk if if he remains benched as a first round pick for for much longer. Um, it's, it's a possibility.
0: Talk with Scott Allen of the Washington Post. Uh, so all right, so this weekend, obviously, they've got a game they should be able to win. They're playing at the Giants. Um, the Giants yeah. coming off of a tough, tough loss to the Bills. What are you looking for in this matchup in terms of uh, you know keys to victory for for the Commanders?
1: Yeah, kind of like we talked or alluded to earlier, I think getting the running game going and having a more balanced attack. The, the Giants, they played well in that build game. They they limited a, a high-powered build offense to, to 14 points, but you know, teams have been able to run the ball against them, and I'd love to see Brian Robinson Jr. get going again. I think a big question will be who starts at quarterback for the Giants. I mean, we know Daniel Jones has kind of gotten the best of of Washington in recent years. It could be Tyrod Taylor out there. Um, No matter who it is, I think um, for the commanders, the big key is going to be limiting the the running ability of, of whoever starts at quarterback.
0: What do you make of this schedule coming up? There's a ton of road games. They play the game at the Giants, and then they yeah. host the Eagles, which probably will have a lot of Eagles fans. And then it's road game at the Patriots, road game at Seattle, home, and then road at Dallas. I mean, there's five of their next seven are on the road.
1: Yeah, which was why it was so important for them to get off to – we talked before the season about how important it was to get off to a hot start. Now, 3-3 three three isn't a hot start, but it's it's – the best starts or six games that Ron Rivera has had in four years here. Um, But yeah, no, this is a, this is a key stretch and, you know, the Patriots, that's, that suddenly looks like a, a very winnable game, obviously a tough, tough road game. Anytime you go on the road and, and then going to Seattle, you know, Washington has sprung some surprise wins in Seattle in recent years, but that's a very tough place to play. So it's, it's a it's a real tough stretch before they get home for that that second game against the Giants in mid November. Uh
0: one caps question before we let you go. You wrote about how their home sellout streak is uh, is coming to an end. Um why yeah. do you think that it came to an end and why do you, what do you think is in terms of obviously it's early in the season, but why do you think it came to an end?
1: Well, I think a combination of factors. I think prices were going up a little little by little each year and then the the team, I mean, when they off five of their veterans, on or traded away five of their veterans um, on expiring contracts at the deadline last year. They were falling out of the playoff race. They ultimately didn't make the playoffs for the first time in nine years. I think the writing was kind of on the wall. Um, In the late stages of last season, there were were a lot of empty seats in Capital One Arena. The the sellout streak remained intact, the team said, because ticket distribution to community groups and such. Um, But yeah, I think the the rising ticket prices and the, just the competitiveness of the team, um, even before this, the playoff streak ended, not making it out of the first round for several years, I think that just kind of caught up to them. I think as, as Obie gets a little bit closer to Gretzky, <laughs> that place will be full every single night.
0: Make sure to follow him on Twitter, at Scott S. Allen, and check out his work on the Washington Post. Scott, we appreciate the time. We'll talk to you again soon.
1: Thanks, Matt. Anytime.
0: All right, uh, that is Scott Allen of the uh, of the Washington Post, and as we said yesterday, looking to see if there's any line movement. Commander is about a two point favorite. Total has gone down to thirty nine and a half, so it's going to be another low scoring, ugly game. I'm looking to see if there's any weather. Uh, looks like it's just supposed to be cold with some wind gusts up to about sixteen miles per hour. I mean, listen, if the, see the here's the thing, like if they lose this game there's no difference between them losing this game and losing the Bears game. I would have let him go. I would have let Ron Rivera go 10 days ago. Or I would have let Jack Del Rio go 10 days ago. So, like, losing to the Giants, why would that change things? Why would that...